may be able to recite our, our, our theme verse or the verse that gets us going here this morning because it is probably the most familiar verse in the world, at least in the Western world. It is from John 3.16. It is the message of the gospel encapsulated in this verse. And so you can read along with me if you like to. We'll put the screen on. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Happy Easter. That is the message of the gospel. The good news is that God gave his son for us. And all that Jesus did for us to bring about salvation. So happy Easter. This verse is one of the reasons I believe that Christians are actually called believers. One of the many reasons. Number one, we believe there's a God. Number two, we believe that he loved us and loves us still. He loved the whole world. Number three, we believe that he gave his one and only son, that being Jesus, And number four, he gives an opportunity for everyone, everyone, no matter your class, no matter your race, no matter your language, everyone to come to the knowledge of believing in Jesus so that we could have eternal life. God created humans so we could live forever with him. Did you know that? Sin gets in the way, but his desire and his whole will is that we would come into relationship with him and live forever. That's what makes us believers. So let's talk about this, this Easter Resurrection Sunday, the first one as recorded in Scripture. Because something so amazing, something so unexpected had happened that even Jesus' closest friends, his disciples, the people who had seen him do miracles, had heard his teachings, had even seen him walk on the water, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe. They couldn't be believers on Easter morning. Not right away, anyway. What they were told defied logic. You know know that thing called logic? That thing in your head that says, like, this can't be. That's not right. That's not how this works. That's what was happening inside of them. Because they had watched Jesus die. They had seen his dead body taken down from the cross and put in a tomb. They had lived now three days in fear and in sadness. They knew for a fact that Jesus was dead. And yet, on Easter Sunday, there were these group of women, women that they knew, not strangers, friends of theirs, who stood before them and told them that Jesus was alive. That the grave was empty. They had been there. They had seen it. And at that grave, they had seen angels. And angels had told them, he's not here. He has risen, just as he said he would. And he is risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee, another section of that country, about 80 miles from where they were. And you will see him there. That's what the angels said. But it isn't just what the angels said, because when the women were on their way from the tomb to tell the disciples this news, Jesus himself met them. 
he repeated the same message. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew. It says, just then, Jesus met them and said, greetings. The Greek word is more like rejoice. Greetings sounds a little too formal for Jesus. Rejoice, be glad. They came up to him, these women. They fell at his feet and and worshipped him. These were the women who were standing before the disciples, telling them that Jesus was alive. They had seen him. They had even touched him. And then Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. In Luke's gospel, we see what happens next. In Luke chapter 24, verse 9, it says, Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the disciples. It was Mary Magdalene. It was Joanna. It was Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them. So it was a group of women who stood before them, telling the apostles these things. Now, these were highly respected women. These were women, like I said, they weren't strangers. These were people they had known. Now, at least for three years, they had followed Jesus together. They were fellow disciples. These weren't crazy people from the street. These were people who they knew, and they knew well. And as they told the disciples what happened, it has recorded for us in the scriptures It says, but these words seemed like nonsense to the disciples. And they did not believe these women. Now, these were their friends. Can you imagine the women saying, please believe us. We saw him. He's alive. And the disciples going, ah, yeah, right. I don't think so. April Fool's, you know. They just couldn't believe it. It was, it was beyond their imagination. Now, just in case you think this, this unbelief was some type of disrespect for women, the same exact thing happens to the disciples, the men, who are also disciples, when they try to tell one of the disciples who was missing when Jesus met with them, they tell doubting Thomas the very same thing. In fact, turn in your, your Bibles... You can use the Bible that's there in the pew if you don't have one with you, to John chapter 20, because we're going to look at a few verses here this morning, because it's not always easy to believe. It's not always easy to believe the Bible, the gospel, the things that God has shared with us. And if you're one of those people that has a hard time believing, you're in good company with the disciples. With the people that had followed Jesus, had seen his miracles, had walked with him and talked with him, they also struggled to believe. So we're going to turn to John 20. And John 20 is on, uh, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 964, 964. And it says in verse 20 that Jesus said, well, actually in verse 19, that Jesus had come and had stood before the disciples and said, peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And it says, the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. They finally believed. 
They rejoiced because it was true. They finally had, had been able to accept it because he was right there in front of them. But let's read down a little further when they meet, meet up with Thomas. So Thomas, it says in verse 24, Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, he was not with them when Jesus came and showed himself to them. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. This is exactly what the women were saying. We've seen the Lord. So same message. We've seen the Lord. And what does Thomas do? Say, okay, I believe. No, he doesn't. Look at, look at the rest of verse 25. But he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands, if I don't put my fingers into the marks of the nails and put my hand into his side where he had been cut on the cross, I will never believe. Woo! That's a strong resistance to believing that Jesus was alive. Do you know any people like that? I will never believe. You've tried to share the gospel with them. you tried to share the story of Jesus with them, and they are like Thomas. No way. I need proof. I need proof to believe. That may be you here this morning. Let's keep reading here and see what happens. Verse 26. A week later... His disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them this time. And even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. And I believe Jesus says this to each one of us, each one who is on the path to become a disciple. Don't be faithless, but believe. Those words from Jesus himself are for each of us here this morning. There are things in life that have has caused chaos, the things that are difficult, and there's times when our faith is tested, and there's times when we wonder, God, are you for real? Do you exist? And Jesus himself, God incarnate, says to you and to me, don't be faithless, but believe. Trust me. Trust in my word. If you do believe today, if you are a believer, if you refer to him the way that Thomas did. So when Thomas was given that direction, don't be faithless, but believe, it doesn't say that Thomas went forward and started you know, touching and, and feeling all of these wounds on Jesus. It doesn't say that. When he is given that opportunity, it says in verse 27, then, then uh, verse 28, sorry, Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. He recognized that it was Jesus. He finally gave up his unbelief. And Jesus says to him in verse 29, and let's listen very carefully because this has something to do with us here today. He's speaking to Thomas, this first sentence. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed. 
But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's me. That's many of you. I haven't seen Jesus in the physical sense. I haven't been able to reach out and touch him. I haven't been able to to grab his feet and worship him like these early disciples. They were truly a privileged people. Even they, even though they walked with him and talked with him and ate with him, they struggled to believe. So when you struggle to believe, Jesus has a blessing for you. He says, blessings on you who have not seen me in the flesh, and yet you still believe. That's faith. Being able to put your faith and trust in him. And that's a blessing. Now, I believe there's some here today who actually don't believe, and that's okay. The disciples didn't believe at different portions of their life, right? If you do believe, you might refer to Jesus as your Lord and your God. However, if you don't believe, those of us who do refer to him as Lord and God stand in a long line of other disciples pleading with you, please believe us. He is alive. Please believe us. He is alive. Jesus is alive. Please believe us. That is the job of a disciple. We are to witness and to testify to the fact that Jesus is alive. So we want to think about this challenge, this question. And we can each ask ourselves this together. Do I believe in Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? The question sounds a little strange to some of you. Almost sounds like, do I believe in Santa Claus? Do I believe in the Easter Bunny? Do I believe in aliens? But the question is much different than that, far more than that. Do you believe in Jesus? It's not so much do you believe that Jesus existed, that he was a man who lived in history, and there's a record of his life left for us. The true meaning of the question is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is who the Bible says that he is, and are you trusting him as your savior? That is what it means to believe in Jesus. It doesn't mean you believe in a historical Jesus. It means that you believe what the Bible says about Jesus, and the Bible tells us and testifies that Jesus is alive. Here's some things that we learn about what it means to believe in Jesus. And I'll ask them in question form, but the Gospel of John, written by John the disciple, says, do you believe that Jesus is God in human form, in the flesh? Or Paul asks in Romans, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin? Do you even believe that the wages of sin is death? 
Many people don't believe that anymore. Do you believe that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God himself on the cross, is the only adequate payment for your debt? Do you believe that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord? This is just a small sampling, a tiny taste of what the Bible teaches us to believe about Jesus. So do you believe those things? If so, great. But even believing those facts about Jesus is only part of the equation. You can believe all of those facts and still not have what's called biblical faith. Biblical faith, what we call belief or faith, is far more than just believing certain facts to be true. Biblical saving faith is also trusting and relying on those biblical facts. And then building your relationship with God on those facts. So I was trying to think of how to illustrate this, and I could only think of a ladder. I'm not a very creative person, I guess, but I thought, how do we illustrate this? So let's put the ladder over here for a minute. I believe in that ladder. I believe that this ladder is made of strong material. I believe that that ladder could probably hold my weight. But not until I put myself on the ladder, I won't go too high. Do I really live into that belief? So from a distance, I can believe all kinds of stuff about the ladder. But when I draw close to the ladder, and when I actually make the decision to place myself on the ladder, now I believe in the ladder. That's the difference. I mean, this is the problem with the English language sometimes. It doesn't have the nuances that we need to understand. What is it really asking of me? What is God really asking of me? God is asking me to believe in Jesus this way. Not from a distance, but from an intimate knowledge of, a connection with, a relying on his strength to hold me his strength to get me through the tough times, his help along the way through life and all the way into death and then through death into eternal life. I have to rely on him. I believe that way in Jesus. And many of you do as well. Some of you, though, are still at that distance. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. But you have yet to put yourself in the hands of Jesus, fully relying on him for your salvation. So this morning, the question is, are you trusting in Jesus to be your savior? Are you relying on his death on the cross 
to pay for your sin debt. And now you're depending on him as the guarantee for your resurrection one day. When you have died and this life here on earth is over, are you depending on him fully? Because if you understand and believe what the Bible says about Jesus, and if you've drawn close to him and put your trust in those truths on the, for the basis of your salvation, then you are saved. And anything short of that, you're on your way to be saved. You're not quite there yet. And so this morning, Easter 2023, you could take a step of faith and move from where you are a little closer to where you need to be. And you may even choose to put your faith in him and begin to lean on him and receive from him what only he can give. Salvation for now and forever. Then you will believe in the biblical sense. If you are uncertain, if you truly believe that much about Jesus, but you desire to, or you may even feel now God drawing you deeper towards that, don't resist your logic. See, it defies logic. That's the thing about faith. It takes a a step of faith into the unknown. There's some people who just, dang it, they're so logical. They're trapped in that logic. They can't get beyond that to really be people of faith who can say, like, yes, the gospel is true. No, I was not there on Easter morning. No, I was not one of those women at the tomb. No, I was not one of those disciples in that room when he appeared to them. But I still believe it. I still believe it. And we plead with you. Please believe us. Allow God to turn you from the direction you're going to offer you forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Trust in him. Rely on him. Begin to lean on him. You will find that he is strong when you are weak. He is wise when you are foolish. He is able when you are disabled. He is all that we need because he is alive. You see, God loves you. And he wants you to believe in Jesus. Because by believing in Jesus, your whole life changes. The trajectory of your life and your eternity changes. So will you believe or believe some more today? That is the question. I want us to pray. Heavenly Father, only you can help us to have faith. We don't produce it ourselves. It is a gift from you. And so I pray for each one of us today that our faith would increase, that you would give us more faith. I pray that that faith would cause us to act, cause us to change, cause us to turn towards Jesus.
Help us to not resist his presence in our lives. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So if you would like to express your faith in God, here's what you could say. In fact, we could all say it together if you would repeat after me, because even believers believe this stuff. In fact, that's what makes us believers. So it's a prayer. I tried to write it in a prayer form so that it could be addressed to God, not to each other, not to me. Please repeat after me, and then we'll sing this song of praise before we go. Dear God, I know that I have sinned. Dear God, I know that I have sinned. I know that my sin separates me from you. I know my sin separates me from you. I know that if left unforgiven, my sin will separate me from you for eternity. My sin will separate me from you for eternity. So today, April 9th, 2023. So today, April 9th, 2023. I confess that I believe. I confess that I believe. I trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. He died to pay the penalty for my sins. He died to pay the penalty for my sins. He rose from the dead on the third day. He rose from the dead on the third day. I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. I am trusting and relying. I am trusting and relying. On his sacrifice alone to bring me into the right relationship with you. On his sacrifice alone to bring me in the right relationship with you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Help me to grow closer to you each and every day. Help me to grow closer to you each and every day. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. Amen. 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 If you've become a believer today, it's really important that you tell someone. You could tell someone through texting them. You could tell someone through calling them. You could tell someone who brought you to church today. But if you've become a believer, it's important to tell someone to testify to that belief. Just tell them, today I put all my faith in Jesus. If you want to tell me, I'd be thrilled to hear it. Let's stand together. <laughs>